Hello, podcast listeners. This is Alan Barr from alanmbarr.com, internal tools, product owner, platform, product manager, person that loves technology in businesses. This is a podcast on technology, business, self-improvement, and other topics that are interesting to me. And today's topic is about change related to building an internal developer platform and getting people to use it. Now, you might be wondering, why is this important? Well, a lot of businesses have platforms that power them, and I don't know how much time or effort or thought people put into these things. Maybe they put none, and they build systems, and they do things, and it's not super important to make people's lives that much easier because they're focused on their end users. However, I do think that there is a concept of internalized excellence that I've heard mentioned, but I haven't read anything about, and the idea being that if you can make people's jobs easy and fun and rewarding in the company you should also be doing that to your end users and not only for your end users. It should just be a constant mantra and habit of excellence. So the challenge that we have in the world today is that we have internal platforms that are probably not built with the latest and greatest principles and ideas of software development baked into them. And you can see it as as simple as Amazon and their AWS division where they saw a very obvious and hindsight problem where the compute needed to do programs and develop businesses was not available. It wasn't a service you could buy via a website. You had to buy data centers. You had to invest in servers. You needed skilled staff. And now they do that for you. It's a service. However, if you have gone all in on cloud services you've probably made a lot of your work and your people's work much, much easier. However, you're still cobbling those things together. You are integrating them into a larger system. You are beholden to them. You do not have a lot of control over the direction of those products. You're taking a bit of a chance. I think it's worthwhile to take a chance. Everybody has to take a risk at some point. However, for a lot of these, for us old school businesses, uh, from my case, I work for a mortgage company, We hope to be around for a long, long, long time, and we are pretty conservative and risk-averse in many cases, so we're not really willing to do anything too wild. So that's why we really love Kubernetes. And there's a great article recently called Kubernetes Magic is an Enterprise Standardization and not App Portability. The reason why I love this article is because it is accurate and true, and therefore it's not gonna be exciting for a lot of people where in technology, we think architecture means something like, well, we need to be prepared if we change databases. And then that never happens. It's not an actual problem anyone has ever had. We're okay with whoever is providing the database. We've learned all the flaws and edge cases, and it's good enough. It gets the job done. It's not a problem until it's actually a problem, and then we'll do something about it. But we're not going to be swapping between one or the other. Once we're committed, we're committed to that. So what we really want, instead of swapping between cloud to cloud, Azure to Google to AWS, we're not really looking to cut costs in that way. What we really want to be doing is creating new experiences. How do we build a system that builds new experiences that enables people to work together? There's, in this story, going to be three acts. And the first act is realizing that something needs to change and being prepared for that. The second act is being in the middle of that change, marketing, educating, training people to take on the change. 
And then the third act is going to be about completing the change, however, getting ready for the next change, because change is endless, but we need to be in this constant process of renewal and change and transformation. So that's today's story, which is about change. And here's, I'm going to get into, a, to me, obnoxiously obvious and annoying dream that I have. And I think that it's very easy for me to say this. So I really don't like saying it out loud that much because it seems so simple and obvious. However, doing it is very difficult. And that is answering really basic questions for my business, the business I work for. And I want this in my dream. I want this to be a standardized component in every company in the world because it's so basic and simple and common that if you are growing fast and scaling, you should have this for commodity APIs. You should have a tool that helps you do this. I think that Kubernetes, a platform built on Kubernetes is going to be this. However, it's still too early to say. So let me go into this dream. And the dream is if you are a developer, you go to work in a workshop. In your workshop, your tools are organized very nicely. You can find all the manuals and information that you need. You can call people in to your workshop. And if you decide that you have a problem you want to solve, everyone can, can, can collaborate, work together, prototype something, put it out in the market, see if people will pay for it. If they will, great. Keep iterating and improving it. If not, move on to a new problem, right? It seems really simple and easy. However, in any business or company, it takes time and money and effort and you need really dedicated people that can do really simple stuff that we have not managed to automate until we've invested a lot of money to automate it, which is who owns this API? What is the life cycle of this API? What teams work on this? What am I allowed to do with this? What am I not allowed to do this with this? Lots and lots of other questions like that. It seems so simple, obvious, easy to fix. However, it, it proves to be very difficult, hard. And what's easy to do is to introduce a new technology and say, this is the, the solution to our problem. This new technology is gonna change everything. You bring it in and then nothing happens because that's not how people process change. It's really about those two other things, the people in the process using technology. So technology can help us inform new habits. However, if we're not engaged or willing to change our habits, then they're not going to change. It's not going to be really successful. So getting into our three acts today, let's talk about realizing that you need to change something. So when does this happen? Well, if your business is doing really well, you realize we should probably make it easier for us to do business and to provide more services to our customers. So you might ask yourself, well, how would we do this? And the the challenge that we have with technology today is that a lot of it is just off the shelf and it doesn't have any opinions about doing anything. It, it wants you to come in and provide those opinions. And, you know, for a lot of new different work that is very experimental, you're not sure people are going to pay with it. Like, that's okay because I don't really want to invest in a lot of things. However, when it comes down to the technology that is so commodity and repetitive and tedious, it's the internalized CRUD apps. It's not the coding that's the hard problem. Like, we can get people to code it. Like, we could do a lot of low-code efforts and initiatives, and it would probably be beneficial. However, that isn't really the value. It's actually a lot of the processes and how people and teams do their work and is the technology and the platform set up in a way to make that successful? If we truly want to capture the massive amount of market opportunity that's available, 
there are probably some really simple changes that we can make uh, that technology affords us. However, it goes hand in hand with the people in the process. So I mentioned this before, but what's in it for me as a developer or a person in the business that uses technology? Why should I do the change? Well, the reason why you should do the change is because you are going to be more effective. You will waste less of your time. You're not going to be banging your head against things. You are not going to be waiting for things. And so I'll go into this in the second act, but a lot of change in this modern world is stopping doing things that were successful. And so be prepared for a process of learning and unlearning. Habits that were making you successful will no longer make you successful anymore. You will need to learn quickly that there are things that are complicated, but not actually rewarding or valuable to learn. Just because something's complicated doesn't mean it's you might put in put in more effort, but it isn't really getting you where you need to be going. Making things simpler might be good enough for what we're trying to achieve. And so when you start thinking, okay, we need to scale, we need to grow, is it the amount of systems? Probably not. For a lot of like middle of the road, small businesses uh, or larger enterprises, it's probably not masses of amounts of people. It's really how do we keep these systems up to date and secure not going out of support, how do we manage this change? A lot of companies just didn't manage change in the past where they made it, they left it alone for a long time, and now there aren't enough people that are inexpensive to solve the problems. They're just very expensive people, which could be fine. It could be okay if you're willing to pay those costs. However, not every company is. You have to stay in the game, continually evolving your systems and your people and your staff and your habits. And everything costs money. As long as you you create a thing in the world, then it costs a lot of money to maintain that. So we have to learn. And part of the learning process is giving room for failure and trying new things. And if we're bound by Conway's law, we need to avoid it. We need to go around it. We need to understand. We are in the business of solving problems for our customers. If we're dependent on our organizational chart to design our systems, then we're probably going to be in for a very bad time. We also need to learn quickly and realize that there are things that we need to stop doing. And the only way we can stop doing those things is by failing. What failure gives us is an opportunity to review the behaviors that we have and decide whether we should make that change. It provides focus. This is something I've learned from uh, Alex Huberman's podcast recently on a couple episodes he's done on learning, where when you are in the process of learning a motor skill, your failure at that skill is very beneficial because you know what you need to fix. And if you have a coach, that can be more beneficial uh, as well. However, a coach is maybe going to focus you on too many different things and you can observe your own behaviors. You can review your own practices and measure yourself. The more that you measure, the more likely you can change those things that you're measuring. So one thing to keep in mind, though, is we, you know, we can read all these books, you know, Accelerate, Team Topologies, DevOps Handbook, all kinds of books, Amazon Six Pagers, all the things Amazon does, great. Those are all great things. However, every organization, every person is different. Those things, you can bring them in. There's no guarantee that applying those ideas are going to make you successful or make much change. You need to understand that change is very 
specific to the organization itself. It's a whole system change. Any new practice must be applied to serve the needs of the organization. It isn't enough to apply things if it doesn't make sense. If people don't feel connected to it, they don't understand the why behind doing these new practices. People are not going to get it from the beginning. That's okay. When you end up getting your internal developer platform approved, started the ball rolling, be prepared for constant communication around culture change. There isn't going to be any exact event or moment that communicates the value of this initiative that you're working on. It's going to be a long road of communication and sharing and oversharing because people will see emails or Slack messages and it will not connect with them. You will need to continuously leverage your leadership and executives to repeat the ideas, turn your concepts into these phrases that can be shared and repeated. The more you can get people engaged, involved, and interested, the better because then they can become evangelists for your platform in the long run. However, it's a long, hard road. You can start building the system and people will not get it and they won't understand and they may not really trust that you're going to understand it and solve it, communicate the value. It's going to be hard and difficult. That's what I've seen with the development of our platform. It's totally okay. However, you end up with a lot of blank looks, people asking you to explain it in the terms of the old systems, which are a paradigm shift away, and it's not gonna make any sense. So be prepared for that, it's totally okay. It's just how people react and deal with change. And the more that you can have your executives share out the message constantly, build the buy-in, it needs to be a whole group effort. If you're investing in this change, it's not free. It doesn't come with people accepting it outside the box. They, they want to be included in some fashion. All right, let's get into act two, which is the marketing, education, and training. Let's get into training first because I love training. Training is awesome. It is very inexpensive compared to what you are dealing with if you do not train. You can get one person to make curriculum and content that teaches 10, 15, probably 100 or 200 people over time. That will go very far for your efforts. The people building the system are not probably gonna be the best trainers. They'll have had too many too much time with the system to be able to take themselves out of it and understand the perspective of people not using it. So even if the training is not good, at least it's the same base level that people can come to with the the platform and i find training is hugely valuable and another cool thing about training is that it provides a context to why you're learning about this system and why it's different and new and i think that's not something that tutorials and how to's can really give you and i think that's okay it's fine not only is it mandatory in some capacities that people need to be taking it but at least they'll be taking it with a group and they can discuss their questions and concerns and peers can help correct any misunderstandings, which is awesome because there could be some type of dynamic between the people creating the system where they people might think, oh, well, I can't give you bad feedback about this because one, I don't understand it, or two, you're sensitive about it, or all kinds of things. So training is just so huge and valuable and awesome and a big way to market your product to people. You can also do a lot of marketing 
And I think you should do a lot of marketing for your platform. And the key thing is constantly repeating the metrics of usage of your platform. How many people are using it? What teams are using it? How many applications? What are the habits that people are doing on, on this new platform that you want people to be doing? Because what I have seen throughout the process of creating an internal platform is asking people to stop doing a lot of things and asking them to start doing many things dealing with a lot of mental models that they're applying to the new system that don't apply anymore, that don't make sense. Their information is out of date. And of course, I would love to think, oh, well, these people are gonna, in the free time, go learn about this new technology and clear up their own mental models. It's not realistic. As a business, pay to train your people to do the work that needs to be done. If you are gonna go on a big initiative and journey on a new way of doing things, pay, pay for it. It, it makes a ton of sense. You're going to you're gonna save a lot of time. You're not going to waste a lot of effort hoping that people will catch up in the way that they catch up. Everyone's different. They bring in written or video or audio materials differently in their learning styles, and it's, it's just uh, hugely beneficial to train people. The marketing that is also beneficial is testimonials, evangelism by, by the people using the platform, Communication, constant communication. Don't expect any email or event to really stick in people's minds. They are distracted. They are busy in, in the post-COVID world we live in now. People are working from home. They have other duties they're trying to do. They're trying to get something done. They're not super into what you're doing or you're not explaining it in a way in terms that they understand. And... With this new platform, I'm asking people to do a lot of things that they haven't done before, and so I really need to do a lot of work around conveying that narrative around. These are the people that are successful. They're they're using merge requests. They're adding onto the platform. They are not blindly adhering to Conway's law. They see that there's a problem. They go reach out to the people that can help them. They assemble a new team. We have patterns now in the future to do the work that you're used to. We know when a certain pattern doesn't work anymore. Uh, we are going away from these decisions that at the time seem to be differentiating for teams. Well, we use this package. We use this package. That stuff doesn't matter. If you look at the whole system of doing work and of doing business, individual choices in a certain program doesn't matter. There, People aren't coming to a program or a business activity tabula rasa historically the reference point for developers is the individual program the individual their development environment gives them this perspective of i'm doing work in this one thing and that's all that matters however we now live in this bigger ecosystem of changing things and what we need to do constantly is look at the whole system and determine where is the change the least expensive to make in this system versus well, we can add it in this shell, or we can add it at the service mesh layer, or we can add it at the other layer, the API gateway, or any other things. There's lots of ways that we can do technology. However, over time with our new platform, what we should be doing is collecting this big catalog of patterns of doing work so that every time we do a new thing that it is compared and we determine, okay, this is like, all the other things that we've done before and we have a pattern for that or this is something distinctly new. And if it's new, then we can catalog it and determine if it's just a one-off or something we're gonna do a lot more of. 
a lot of mental models people are applying for from virtual machines to kubernetes don't make sense anymore you are not thinking about the different servers you're on you are just declaring that you are not thinking about a refresh cycle you cannot depend on these affordances and guarantees of this type of computer system because we're on a completely different computer system it's a lot to take in there are a lot of things to learn and you cannot expect all these different people to be learning the all the infrastructure behind how their software works and solving business problems it is a lot to ask for be prepared to offer the training educate people have them educate each other create user groups there's lots of stuff about the spotify guilds i don't know how much people are truly doing it or not doing it seems like there is a lot of cargo culting with that but it's okay uh whatever works for you works for you if you can you can make momentum be prepared that the cost of education is documentation and maintaining those things are difficult sending out news updates via videos newsletters emails be prepared that people are not going to read or watch all of these things. However, the more that you can keep reiterating the ideas and communicating the value, the better opportunities you're going to give yourself in the future. And change is just hard. That's the hard part of change is that it's dependent on people's time and abilities, the load that they have, the, the distractions, their interest. It's just how it is. It's, it's all part of it. Let's get into the act three, which is about completing the change and monitoring the results, uh, wrapping up the change, getting ready for the next change. Change is constant. I think that's something that I recognize. I'm very adaptable. I like dealing with high levels of ambiguity. It's not a big problem for me. We are getting to a stage with the platform where there will be more risks with more people on it. We will start getting rid of a lot of the older systems. We will add new complexity to the system that will need to weigh the, the the benefits and the costs we have different departments that want to use it for their commodity applications there's lots of great things happening however the change is constant the change is real now we're looking at okay well how are we going to do this in cloud or is dmz a thing a demilitarized militarized zone well in kubernetes you don't necessarily have demilitarized zones. You probably need to be thinking zero trust. You are just authenticating everything by default. We're not ready for that. We're not prepared. What are the metrics that we will want to change in the future? What do we need to define so that it's clear that we are being successful, that we know what is coming down the pipeline? And then further other activities. So let's talk more about API first design or the ability for new business experiences and experimentation to happen. Those are significantly advanced areas of software development that a young and growing company may not be ready to do or ready for. However, that could be that next horizon that you are facing with coaching the change for your teams to deal with, to move away from the departmental, the the individual backlog to cross-functional teams working together collaborating being quick to do things versus very ponderous and slow and meetings or set up ahead of time and so something to be prepared for and ready for is change is constant change is constantly happening we are learning and unlearning and for a time you will be successful the things that you're applying are working for you and then at some point they won't be and you will need to make that change you will need to communicate to 
teach, to train, bring in people. It costs it costs money, but hopefully your company is so successful and doing so wonderful that it makes sense to pay those costs and, and to continue that process of change and be okay with a lot of conversation. Be okay with it taking time for people to comprehend and understand how the change is going to be affecting them in the future or understanding that the behaviors they had in the past were fine. They were okay. It's just that the situation changed. So a mental model that you can think of would be the the map and the territory. The territory, the land will change because of weather. The map will go out of date because the territory is a real thing and the map was made in a certain time. That's our businesses. That's what we are living through constantly is this dynamic and changing world of the internet and computers and systems. I really adore the creation and the thought around making these systems dynamic and scalable, making it easier for people to collaborate, to think through how to communicate business concepts via technology. However, the hard thing is the people and changing their processes and making them part of that change. I really want to make this platform something that all businesses could benefit from in the far, far future. And I apologize if this whole podcast turned into my platform and how I'm going to change it. But I think that if you are going on the journey of creating an internal development platform or any type of change within your organization that affects lots of people, I think it's exactly applicable to your use case. There's the marketing, the education, the training. There is preparing for the change, driving the change, getting alignment on the change, getting people activated and interested. Uh, we sent out hats. I didn't cover that in marketing, but hats, you know, brands, logos. This is stuff that marketing's good at because that's what their job is for is marketing wonderful products. You built a wonderful product, but because you've built it doesn't mean that people will use it. They need to become informed and they need to get attached to it and they need to build new habits. And those habits are difficult to, to make and break. They're all part of this whole cycle of change. So change is constant, change is ever-present, and people don't tend to like it, and that's okay. It's just life. One of the things that we've seen with this uh, post-COVID world is that change, when it is big and dire enough, will be very rapid, and a lot of things that seem to be not possible suddenly are possible. You might see that there are a lot of problems, but it might not be the time to solve that problem. It might not be your burden to bear, and at some point it will be, and you will have the time and the place to do those things that you've always wanted to do, and it might just be being patient. So I will leave you with this. Do not avoid doing hard things. Understand that if you are doing a very hard thing in this world that will change the lives of many people you will likely not get a lot of external validation for advancing those changes because people would prefer not to change how they do things. It makes sense. However, there is always going to be a better thing that we can make, a better way we can work together, a better way that we can keep the information close for people to be successful. Achieving those things are going to be very hard, and it's much easier to say than to act. So let's start acting do and make the change in the world. Do not avoid the hard things. 
Make time in your schedule to do those hard things day by day, piece by piece. Break it down into small little batches. That way it becomes much easier to complete the change. And over time, the momentum that you're building and communicating through the metrics you're collecting, the people's minds that you're changing, the testimonials that you are sharing out will at some point lead you to a space where you go, ah, we finally did it. It's finally nearly done. We're almost there. And now we can start this new thing that it will be just as hard or harder. And it's fun. I think it's a lot of of fun. So you all have a great, wonderful time. And uh, thanks for listening.